0: And in fact, it contains many numbers and names. After the Torah tells us about the census of Kalal Yisrael that was taken by Moshe Rabbeinu, the Torah then gives us a genealogy of the families of Aaron and Moshe who were not included in the previous census. In perak Gimel, Pesach Aleph, we read, Ve'ele told us Aaron and Moshe. These are the generations of Aaron and Moshe. B'yom Ber Hashem is Moshe behar on the day that Hashem spoke to Moshe at Mount Sinai. That phrase is noteworthy because the book of Bamidbar begins not on that date, does not reference that date, but rather it mentions the uh, first day of the second month in the second year after B'nai Yisrael left Mitzrayim. But anyway, the Torah says here in Perek these are the generations of Aaron and Moshe. On the day that Hashem spoke to Moshe at Harsinai, The Moshe and these are the names of the children of Aaron: Habakhor Nadav. The firstborn is Nadav. Elazar, and also Avihu and Elazar and Isamar. Moshe These are the names of the children of Aaron: Hakoyanim, Hameshuchim the anointed kohanim Hashem Mile Yodam Lechahin, that Moshe inaugurated them to serve as Kohanim Vayamas nadav Hashem, and nadav an who died in front of Hashem zara Hashem, when they brought a foreign fire in front of Hashem, look at Parshish Shmini, Midbar Sinai, that occurred in Midbar Sinai, uvanim and children they did not have. So then, uh, Elazar and Isamar, the two younger brothers, they uh, began to serve as Kohanim during the lifetime of Aaron, their father. And that's the end of this short section of text. The question I would like to raise here is a question on the trop, on the Tami Hanagina or the Cantillation Notes on the second pasuk in this little section it says b'nei arayin, these are the names of the children of Arin, nadov now after the word B'chor, in between the word the words habochor and the word nadov there is in the in the chumash not in the sefer torah but this is part of the trop there is a straight vertical line which is called a pasik or a pasek and as its name indicates, it is mafsik It interrupts between two words. It is a, some sort of a kamo or a semicolon of sorts. And it makes some sort of a division between the word before it and the word after it. Now, this is difficult to understand. It is telling us that the firstborn child of Aaron is Nadav. So why would there be an interrupting mark? in between the word ha the firstborn, and the name Nadav, as if to say, as if to indicate somehow that he's not the Bechor. Of course, in fact, Nadav was the Bechor. He was the firstborn of Aaron. So it seems to be a very strange place that the Torah Shebaal that the Masiris, should uh, decide to put an interrupter, to put a pasik in between these two words. The astute listener will raise a question here, and the question is on me. The question is, if the name of this podcast is Directions in Rashi, and it always focuses only on what Rashi says, why am I raising a question that is not discussed by Rashi? Rashi does not say anything about this pasik that's in between the words habachor and nadav. And therefore, why am I discussing it? The answer is, because there is an almost revolutionary fundamental point which was made by the Babavitcher Rebbe. But I think when we think about it, it is really not so revolutionary. The Rebbe explained that Rashi's commentary is a complete commentary. He does not just come to say some interesting things where he found something interesting to say, or something original, but rather... Rashi's intent in his commentary was to explain the Torah completely on the level of what Rashi calls Pshuta Shul Mikra. Of course, there are other levels of Torah. There's there's Drush and Remez and Soyd, and Rashi is not necessarily answering questions that one could raise on those levels. But on the level of Pshuta Shul Mikra, the Rebbe explained that Rashi's commentary answers all possible questions that could arise on that level of understanding. And therefore, when there is a difficulty in the pshat, if when we read a Pusach there is a pshat question that Rashi does not address, there are two methods to determine the pshat. There are two methods to do to come up with an answer to this difficulty. Number one is simply to restudy the psukim very carefully. It could be that Rashi didn't address the question, because really the answer is quite simple, if you'll just think about it. The reason you didn't understand it the first time is, well, you know, you're not so smart, and you didn't read it so carefully. Read it again. You'll see the answer. The second method is that we need to consult other Rashi comments on other psukim close by or that we've learned already or perhaps that Rashi is going to say somewhere else. The point is that somewhere Rashi has already made a comment that will really ex- uh, answer this question that he does not seem to address. For those who would like to look into this further, it is discussed in the Sefer Klole Rashi, uh, Perik Aleph, rules number six and seven. So in this case, we have a question about the in between the words Habachor and Nadav, and I would like to understand it on the level of pshat, and therefore I am justified in answering it according to Rashi, even though Rashi does not directly address this question. In this In this case, we are going to use the method of looking at Rashi comments on close by to the point of our question. Here it says, Ve'ela told us Aaron and Moshe, etc. And Rashi right away raises an important question. These are the generations of Aaron and Moshe. Rashi asks, <coughs> Ve'eno maskir elebene Aaron. But the Posek only mentions the children of Aaron. It starts off by saying, These are the generations of Aaron and Moshe. But it only told us. It only tells us about the four children of Aaron. So Rashi says the Nigru told us Moshe. However, they are considered. They are called the generations of Moshe. These four children of Aaron are called by the Torah generations of Moshe. Lafi don because Moshe Rabenu taught them Torah. and says Rashi this teaches us she Hamalamed has Whoever teaches Torah to ben Chavere, to the son of his friend, olav Hakasov The Torah considers it, the Torah counts that as if he has himself given birth to that child. And Rashi supports his explanation with the end of the Pasuk. The Pasuk ends that this occurred, di-ber <laughs> Hashem that this occurred on the day that Hashem spoke to Moshe at Har Sinai, and we mentioned that that seems to be out of place, because in fact, everything happening here in Parshish Midbar, this whole census that's taking place, this whole genealogy, was made and was, uh, was done not on the day of Matan Torah, but it was done in the first month of the second year of their stay in the Midbar, so Rashi says, Hashem nasu Eloha When did these generations of Aaron become his? Become? When did they become like Moshe's generations? Shalimdon It's when he taught them what he had learned from Hashem at Har Sinai. It was through my means of Moshe Rabbeinu teaching Torah to these children of Aaron. That's how they became. His children, so to speak. Now, before we move on, let's bring, let's raise two questions that the Mefarshim ask on this Rashi. First of all, why does the pusik mention beyom diber Hashem that this took place on the day that Hashem spoke to Moshe at Har Sinai? Moshe Rabbeinu certainly taught not of an Avi or, a lazavi or summer after that. Also, he taught them throughout the the forty years in the midbar, as we will soon see, that's one question, and secondly, why is the why, according to Rashi, did the children of Aaron become like Moshe's children because he taught them didn't Moshe Rabbeinu, didn't Moshe Rabbeinu teach Torah to everyone all of Qalai Yisrael should be considered Moshe's children because they taught him because he taught them, so the Guye raises these two questions. And answers them. The first question is why does the Pasuk only mention that Moshe Rabbeinu taught the children of Aaron on the day of Matan Torah? What about all the times he taught them later? So the Guraya says that it's coming to teach us that even if Moshe Rabbeinu would have only taught the children of Aaron one time, and even if he would have only taught them one thing, they still would become like Moshe Rabbeinu's generations. That's how strong this idea is, that when you teach someone else's children, they become like your children. You don't have to teach them the whole Shas or the whole Masechta. You teach them one thing, one Dvar Torah, and they become like yours. The second question, that didn't Moshe Rabbeinu teach all of Kalay Yisrael, and therefore why didn't all of Kalay Yisrael become Moshe's children, the Maral in the Gura'i explains that Moshe Rabbeinu taught all of Klai Yisrael because he was commanded to do so, because the Torah was given to Klai Yisrael and for Klai Yisrael, so of course he had to teach everyone. But he did not have to give special attention to the children of Aaron. The fact that he gave special attention to the children of Aaron, that was his own choice. To understand this, we have to go to the end of Parshas Kisiso. At the end of Parshiski Seesaw, Rashi tells us that Moshe Rabbeinu's teaching Torah to the Klal Yisrael was done in a specific order. There was a, a method. And here's the Rashi on the Rashi is on uh, Parshiski Seesaw, Perik Lamed Dalit Pasuk Lamed Base. and I'll quote from the middle of Rashi, Tanah the rabbis taught us. It's really a Gemara and Mesech the Yuma. Ketzad Seder HaMishnah. How was the order of Mishnah? Meaning, by what order, in what arrangement, did Moshe Rabbeinu teach the Torah to the Kalal Yisrael during the years in the Midbar? Rashi says, Moshe Hoya lemed Mipi Moshe first would learn Torah from a Kodesh Boruch Hu. then Arin would come in. Shanalei Moshe Pirkai, and Moshe would repeat to him the chapter that he had just learned. He would teach Aaron what he had just learned from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Aaron. Aaron would step aside the Yoshav Leis small Moshe, and then he would sit on the left side of Moshe. So this way, Moshe would be on the right side, which is always more prominent. Nifne suvavonav, and then would come in the children of Aaron. Shanalei Moshe Pirkon, and Moshe. Would repeat to them their parak. He would repeat to them the chapter that he had just learned. Nistalkuham, they would step aside, and Yoshav Elazar the Amin Elazar would uh, stand or sit on the right side of Mayshe, because he was older. V'isamer the small Aaron and Isamer would stand to the left of Aaron. Rashi here does not mention Nader because. As we mentioned before, they died fairly early on, but they were also taught by Moshe Rabbeinu in this uh, in, by this arrangement. Nichnasu <laughs> Zakanim, later the elders of the nation would come in. Shana Moshe pirkom. Moshe would repeat to them the chapter that he had learned. Nistalku zakenim. Yashvul etstudin. And then the zakenim would step aside and they would sit on the sides and then the whole nation would come in. Moshe would repeat to them their chapter. So Rashi says, Nimsa Biyad The chapter was now, had been learned by the people one time. Biyad haskenim and the, the, the elders had learned it now twice. Biyad Shleisha, it is in the hands, so to speak, of the children of Aaron three times, they had learned it three times and in the hands of Aaron, four times. He be Erevin. Rashi says, as it is stated in Erevin. What do we see here? That Moshe Rabbeinu taught the children of Aaron. He gave them special prominence in his uh, in his transmittal of Torah to Klal Yisrael. First he taught Aaron. Then he taught the Aaron, and then the elders of the of the people, and then all the people. The moral is telling us that he in fact did not have to do this. He was not commanded to give the Aaron any special prominence, but he decided to do it it's not clear why perhaps he saw that they were uh, that they were fit for this, that they were very astute students, and that they were capable of of this, and that it would help the others to understand better if the Bnei Aron would have extra attention at the beginning. But anyway, the Maharal explains that the, this that Moshe Rabbeinu gave the Torah to the all of Kalal Yisrael, and he taught it to all of them, of course, that in that matter he had no choice. That's what he was supposed to do, that's why the Torah was given. But the fact that he gave special prominence to the children of Aaron. That was his own decision, and therefore, by doing so, he, is, he made the children of Aaron like his own children. Let us now attempt to explain the Pesik, the uh, dividing mark that separates the words Habakkar, the firstborn, from the word Nadov, from the name of Nadov, who in fact was the firstborn child of Aaron. According to Rashi, these psukim in Parshas ben are not merely a genealogy. If it would be a genealogy, if it would be merely coming to tell us who the children of Aaron and Moshe were, so then, of course, Nadav was the Bechor. But as we saw from the Rashi, that is not the primary thrust of these psukim. The primary thrust of these psukim is to tell us that since Moshe Rabbeinu taught Torah, in a special way, gave special prominence to the children of Aaron, those children therefore became like the children of Moshe Now, in that regard, there is no special, it would appear that there is no special prominence to Nadav more than to his younger brothers. In fact, if we go back to the Rashi and Parshiski seesaw, we will see Let's read again a part of that Rashi. It says Moshe uh, learned what Hashem taught him, then Aaron came in and uh, Moshe taught him, and then Aaron sat on the side, and then it says, the children of Aaron came in, Moshe and Moshe taught them their chapter, and then they sat on the side. It doesn't say Moshe first taught Nadav because he was the firstborn, and then he taught uh, Aviu because he was the secondborn, and so on. There was no uh, special attention given given to Nadav as the Bukhar. The Bnei Arin as a group were given a special prominence, but nothing special to Nadav. So when we understand these P'sukim in Bamidbar the way Rashi understands them, so then there is a certain separation between the concept of Bukhar and the person Nadav. Yes, he is in fact the Bukhor, but in a certain sense he's not the Bukhor, because in terms of Moshe Rabbeinu teaching Torah to the children of Aaron, he did not teach Nadav first, and he did not teach him anything more than he taught to the other children. And therefore it would appear that could explain why there is this Pasik, why there is, there is this dividing mark between the word Bechor and the word Nadav. On a deeper, deeper level, it would appear that when it comes to Torah, there is no such thing as Bechorah. Because Torah is not the individual Yerusha inheritance of any particular person. The Rambam in Perak Shlishi of Hilchus Talmud Torah, Halacha Aleph, says the following very uh, famous words, based on a Mishnah in Pirkei Avos and a Gemara in uh, Yuma. Bishloisha kesarim nitchderu Yisrael, with three crowns, Klal Yisrael was crowned. Keser Torah, v'keser Kohuna, v'keser Malchus. The crown of Torah, the crown of Kohuna, and the crown of kingdom. Keser Kohuna zochah b'Arin, the crown of Kohuna, Arin merited to take that crown. Shenemar. It will be to him, to Aaron, and to his children after him, a covenant of kahuna for eternity. Keser Malchus, the crown of kingdom, Zachabai David. That David Hamelch uh, merited to that crown. Shinamar, Zarai lo'ilam his seed, his generations will. Be forever, and his throne will be like the sun in front of me. In other words, it will last as long as the sun lasts. So those two crowns were taken by a particular person, each one, and it belongs to that person and to his progeny, Keser But says the Rambam, the crown of Torah, it is sitting. And it is waiting, and it is prepared for all of Kala Yisrael. In other words, it's sitting, and anyone who wants can take it. Shinemar, Torah tziva Moshe. Moshe commanded to us the Torah, Moirashah kehilas Yaakov. It is the inheritance of the entire congregation of Yaakov, not any one particular individual. Says the Rambam, Kol <speaking> Mishih <in Hebrew> whoever wants Torah, Yavai <speaking in Hebrew> he can come and take it. So we see here, that when it comes to Torah, there is no Bechorah, there's no Yerusha. One does not get Torah, one, does not, uh, one is not crowned with the crown of Torah because one's father was a great Talmud Chachem. And if, if Talmud Chachem has uh, several sons, the old eldest son is not, in terms of Torah, has no special status. In terms of inheriting his father's money someday, yes, he gets an extra portion. But in terms of Torah, he has no special status. When it comes to Torah, there's no yichos. It all depends on whoever wants Torah can come and take Torah. And therefore, that could be why, on a slightly deeper level, why there is this separating mark between the word Habakkar and the word Nadav. Because although Nadav certainly was the Bechor of Aaron, but since, according to Rashi, these P'sukim, their main thrust is that Moshe Rabbeinu became the father of the children of Aaron by means of teaching to them Torah, in that respect, Nadav was not a Bechor. Nobody can be the Bechor when it comes to Torah. Thank you for listening to Directions in Rashi with Yochanan Joseph author of the book Directions in Rashi available from Feldheim Publications. Production aspects were carried out by Minagain Music. Visit them online by going to facebook.com/minagainbmore.